0: The lectionary chose an interesting passage for this morning's text, and in, in reality we could look at the entire, entirety of chapter 11 and not get all the way through it. Um, it's, it's a pretty loaded chapter, so we're only going to be taking a small piece of it, but it's helpful to understand the overall context of what's happening If we begin all the way back in Numbers, Numbers chapter 11, verse 4, the King James Version has it read, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. The New Revised Standard Version reads, The rabble, the riff-raff, From among them had a strong craving. For you see, the Hebrews, they had left Egypt, and there was a group of people that were not Hebrews, but got swept up in the crowds as they were making their way to the promised land. And the Scripture calls them the mixed multitude, or the rabble, or the riffraff. And they are are called this because they were the grumbling, complaining, non-Hebrew rabble that was complaining about the poor food provisions out in the wilderness. And as they complained, as they began to murmur and grumble, we all know that that is a contagious thing. And the people of Israel began to grumble as well. And just like a little spark that can get a fire going, so can negative complaining grumblers within the community. Negativity is a dangerous virus, it spreads quickly among the people. Beginning with verse 10, we find Moses dealing with these upset multitudes. Hear the word of the Lord from Numbers chapter 11, beginning with verse 10. I'll read through verse 17 and then verses 24 to 25. Again, I would encourage you to read this in its entirety when you get home. Hear the word of the Lord. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. And then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom and nurse as a nurse carries a suckling child? to the land that you promised, an oath to their ancestors? Where am I going to get meat to give all these people? For they came weeping to me, saying, Give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone. They are too heavy for me. If this is the way you're going to treat me, then put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery." And so the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me the 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people, and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting, and have them take their place there with you. And I will come down, and I will talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you, and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people along with you, so that you will not bear it all by yourself. And down to verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. And then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But they did it, they did not do so again. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Remember that old church folk hymn, It Takes a Spark to Get a Fire Going? The old folk song that I remember singing as a child. It just takes a spark to get the fire burning and going. It takes a small group of people to set a whole community on fire with gossip and backbiting. And that's what is happening in the, with the Hebrews in our story. They're grumbling, they're grousing, they're complaining. And our story this morning, in the brief verses we have, have three distinct complaints that are registered. First, the riffraff, or the rabble. And then the Hebrews began to complain to Moses about the quality of their food provisions. Next, God starts complaining to Moses about the people's gross ingratitude for all the mighty works that God has done to bring them out of bondage. And third, Moses hits the proverbial wall. He's had it. He looks up and he complains to God for making him the leader of this loose group of 12 tribes of Jacob. In essence, Moses declares to the Lord, come on, God. What did I do? I can't carry these people. I need help. Today's story from Numbers is a story about life in community and about leadership from that community. Pastor, Pastor and editor of the Presbyterian Outlook, Jill Duffield, reminds us that by the time Moses, uh, we meet Moses and the Hebrews out in the wilderness, they are no longer being chased by Pharaoh and the army. And that's an important thing to remember. She says that the Hebrews are no no longer a threat. The, The Egyptians are no longer a threat to the Hebrews. Instead, she says, quote, now it's God's own chosen ones who are opposing the greatest obstacles to themselves in reaching the promised land. Let's look at the faith of the community. And then we'll look at the leadership that emerged from it. As we look at the faith community of the Hebrews in the scripture this morning, we will see three different ways they are throwing up obstacles in reaching God's goal of the promised land. First, we hear in Numbers 11 a longing for the things of yesterday. The problem is it is a romanticized longing for what the Hebrews built up in their mind that existed, but really never existed to begin with—the riffraff, the rabble rousers—they had stirred up the people. They say, "Oh, you remember when we had fish to eat? It was free. You remember when we were back at back in Egypt, we could have cucumbers." We could have melons, we could have leeks, we could have onions and garlic. What a Mediterranean meal. Is their memory that short, though? Have they forgotten already that they were slaves under the whip of Pharaoh and his army? Have they forgotten that their food was free because they were conscripted labor for Pharaoh? The people, the people have painted this vision of yesterday that never really was. You see, one obstacle that inhibits a faith community's progress and growth is that it's always looking backward, comparing itself to yesterday. That's what we find in our text today. And churches are really guilty of this too. We love spiritual nostalgia. I I remember when. Well, we used to do such-and-such- such like we used to have Pat Pews on Sundays. Now, looking backwards to celebrate success is fine. Looking backwards to learn is fine. Looking backward with a nostalgic romanticism is counterproductive. I remember when we had packed pews. But do you also remember the dissension among the members of this church pews and out into the parking lot? I remember when we gave X, Y, and Z to missions. But do you remember that the budget was carried by a few wealthy families so that you didn't have to give that much? I remember when the Kirk singers had 70 kids. But do you also remember that back then the pressure on these young people is not what it is today? The demands of all their extracurricular activities, the demands for volunteer hours, the the cutthroat competition to get into colleges, volunteer hours, homework, family time, sports, it's tough. To be a young person today. One obstacle is nostalgia. The second obstacle inhibiting the community to move forward is that the present troubles community finds itself in overshadow oftentimes the blessings it has already been given. The Hebrews the Hebrews seem to have forgotten that they prayed for release from bondage and that God led them out. The Hebrews seem to have forgotten that God parted the Red Sea and they were able to pass by safely. The Hebrews seem to have developed an amnesia about how God made water gush from the rock when the people were thirsty and parched. The people seem to have forgotten that when they were hungry, God gave them manna, bread from heaven. Beloved, when the going gets tough, we oftentimes let that toughness overshadow the blessings that we have received. What is it that you and I forget? in our tough times? What are the blessings that God has provided us in the midst of our church's hardship? The third obstacle inhibiting the community to reach the promised land is attitude. A negative attitude behind the questions. The questions they were asking were not bad questions. It was the attitude behind the questions. We are not to fault the Hebrews for asking, Hey, God, what's up? We cannot fault Moses for looking heavenward and demanding, God, what gives? Give me a break. Can I get some help? We can can fault, however, the attitude that if I personally cannot see an obvious solution, then there is no solution possible. A negative or fatalistic attitude has the power to limit the scope of vision and narrows possibilities. Negative attitudes, negative thinking moves us to binary thinking where we see outcomes as Either ors, this, that, yes, no, black, white, right, wrong. Binary thinking, by bi- binary attitudes limit vision and scope. This past week I was talking with a staff member about their ministry and they were lamenting the fact that because of the church's COVID restrictions, We could not be serving Chef Bill's garlic rolls to their people. They wanted the open food service. And I said, we all want Chef Bill's garlic rolls. So they said, well, I guess we'll either have to have food or not. And then I asked this person, I said, what's what's a third option? She looked at me quizzically with a doggy head tilt, and then you could begin to see a smile come over her face. "What's the third way?" I asked again. She said, "You know what we can do is we can prepackage the meals and then bring the meals to the tables." Bingo. The staff member took a binary problem and created a third way out of it. They moved beyond this, that. They went to a third way. That creates vision. That creates possibilities. Nostalgia, forgetfulness, and negative thinking are are those obstacles to the Hebrew people, and they are obstacles for any congregation. Moses was worn out from it, and he needed help. But because God is a God who answers prayers, God provided a solution. This is where we look at leadership. The solution is that God had Moses call out 70 elders or officers from the midst of God's people. And God would take some of the spirit that was on Moses and would distribute it to the elders or to the people, or to the elders and officers, so they could spread it out to the people. They will share the burden of responsibility and the weight of the people, not just Moses. Moses will remain at point, but Moses is not alone anymore. Leadership is shared. This morning, you, the members of this faith community, will confirm God's Spirit moving out over our people and choosing the next group of church officers. They are chosen not because they are popular. They are chosen not because they're rich. They are chosen not because they are spiritual giants. We all know some of them. They are simply called by God through the voice of this people to help carry the burden of leadership in this community. They are women and men who have said yes to answering the call of leadership. But friends, you not only come to confirm their leadership, you also come to make a promise and learn from the Hebrews not to put up obstacles as the Hebrews did. Throwing those obstacles made them take 40 years. You promised not to throw out and hinder the community's progress with distorted nostalgia. With forgetfulness of the blessings you and we as a congregation have received. And with negative, fatalistic, binary thinking. We don't have 40 years like the Hebrews. Let's get on it. And all of God's people say, Amen. Friends, pray with me. Holy God, we give you thanks for this day. We thank you that the Hebrews were just like us. That Moses struggled just like us. And you entered their prayers just like ours. Holy One, let us look forward with hope and vision that together we may continue to spread the good news, the winsome news of Jesus in our neighborhood and beyond. We ask this in his precious name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing a closing hymn.